Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Working Class Bowhunter podcast. Doing the intro, it's just Doug and I. Yep, just hanging out. How are you, Doug? Not too bad, you? You're feeling good, but we're talking about the future here. Oh yeah, we're in the future. Well... I'm talking about the future. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast land, anything can happen. Oh, that's true. Uh, Thank you guys for being here. If you would, give us a rating, review, anything um, on whatever platform you listen to. That always helps us out. Um, And there's a new episode of Working Class on DeerCast and DeerCast right now with Austin Chandler. Um, Just went up the time this is going to launch. So You know it's good when he's talking. Yeah, you try to just listen. Yeah. It's like I want to direct and talk to him. Bless your ears. The Lord. (laughs) The Lord blesseth. Um, The podcast is brought to you by Elite Archery. Uh, Code WCB for everything elite or actually anything outdoor group um, works on there. So um, you can order an elite bow, have it shipped. You can use our code, save yourself some money, have it shipped to a local dealer, and then help local business, and you get set up. So everybody wins. So that's a good Get set up and start killing exactly it um also big time we have a code until the end of this year wcb 2021 if you are needing seed it's a good way to save some money on that mm-hmm. or supplemental feed or mineral when it comes into when you can use it some are some states are bait states you can do yeah. that you can do that we can't uh, but if you can whatever more power to right, you yeah more what can you say you can do what you do right um also spy point trail cameras um I like the Link Micros a lot. Those have been working flawlessly yeah. for me. Um, guys, if you get the spy points, make sure you update it. Make sure you have the right SD card that's yeah. formatted. Um, put good batteries in it. Uh, a lot of guys will get a cell camera, put cheap batteries in it, mm-hmm. and you're amazed how fast it'll kill cheap batteries. Lithium batteries. Or they get the wrong SD card, too. and Wrong they class just, they SD card. Up and, or, or don't format it. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of this thing. Like cell cams in general, no matter what brand, you can't open like your phone and expect it to just function exactly yeah. how you need it. Like there might be a process. So just check that. And, and that goes for any, any brand. Uh, but check out spy point, check out the link micros. That's a good, they offer a two pack where you can buy two at the same time um, for really affordable. Actually yeah, mine worked really good so far. So <clears throat> I've no had complaints. mine running since June on the same set of lithiums. Yeah. Mine's been running since September and it's like 
80% still. That's impressive. Yeah. I'm, 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 I got to imagine my cards are going to get full. So I'm, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'm planning to do that here. They're still taking pictures. As soon as like, I'm like, oh man, it must be full. Like two days or something like, ooh. Well, raccoons. I'm oh. a big advocate for eradicating raccoons yeah, lately. That's true. Um, I bet you I get 50 pictures a night through my spy points of raccoons. Jeez. Like it's a problem. Like that's like a, a gang of them. I, sw- I don't know. There was like two two apiece in each photo. Man, I'm having a party. Yeah, I'm not liking it, but the spy points are <laughs> chipping through them. Um, also, Rogue Ridge. I'm, I want to do a super specific episode about Rogue Ridge e-bikes. I, I'll, I'll be 100% honest. I have not hunted one time without my bike this year. I know you've been sneaking in there. Dude, it's, a ninja. It has changed the way I think about entry and exit. We'll do an episode that gets into it. It's almost like you don't. Like in you your ca- in your case, you don't have to worry about it. I drove by a buck the other day. Really? I was texting the group. Remember the, the oh yeah, like, yeah. Should I go was after him? down? He's bedded down in some grass. He was probably fifty yards when I rode by him. He looked up, stood up, looked at me out of his bed. I rode into my stand, got into my stand, and I could see him from my stand and watch him bed back down. Wow. I it it's almost you know when you drive by in a car, yeah, and a, a deer like stand in the field and look at you. Same vibe. Yeah. So That's awesome. We'll get into that. I got some things I want to talk about, especially once the season's over. Mm. I'm I'm have a hard time hunting without one, and I didn't know that until I knew. Until you that. tried it, yeah, right. So uh, there, you know, I get it. Rogue Ridge e bikes are expensive. E bikes in general are expensive. Yeah. Um, but I think when we get into detail and talk about it, you would see how it's justified over like a four wheeler or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Don't buy a new bow for three years. Boom. So uh yeah, Rogue Ridge, awesome. Um Scent Crusher. We've been talking about Scent Crusher a long oh, time. Dude. It's nothing new to our listeners. The gear bag I use every day. I've been um, using the roller bag. I use the boot dryer every day. Well, with um my rotation and the scent crusher, like the way the weather was, I went from light, mid to light season. So all the roller bags fit everything. It's like yeah. I don't have to worry about nothing, like not missing any gear at all. You can cram everything in there. Dude. It's crazy. And that's what I did. I'll throw in a Huntworth plug here. We we wear Huntworth gear and Huntworth camo, and they have distortion and tarnan camo, two different yeah. camo patterns. I like both, but what I did was, because you your early season stuff, are, are you have all tarnan? I'm all tarnan. So I have all distortion in my early mid-season stuff, Yeah. but when I got all my late season stuff, I did it in tarnan. Okay. So I can see, I can, uh, like, otherwise it just all looks, it all blends yeah, together. It does blend up pretty well. So I did two different patterns. Gotcha. Different pattern for early season, different pattern for late season. Um, but that's not, um, that's not like for any reason for the camo. I just did it so I could separate. I think it's both great. Yeah. I know stuff. someone, uh, asked me a question. Um, like, is it fit to size pretty well? Like, do you know, their I'd, size? Say so. I'd say it fits really well, actually. Yeah. I think like so. Even the large. Usually I go up a size, but I stuck with large the whole time and I had no issues yet. So yeah, same here. And it works really well. I don't get, didn't get cold at all besides my socks, but that was not Huntworth. So I struggle with that. I, I it's because it's I, just wear, my feet in general. I wear uninsulated boots. Yeah. My rubber won't fall because I was walking so goddamn much, but uh, mm. it's just sweat. Yeah. And then, you know, Huntworth is killing it, man. Dude, I, they are. I really like their gear. That, that's what I like about the partners we have. Like they all kind of like pile into each other. Like they're all super yeah. like um, cohesive. It just works out perfect. Because you go for the bow, you have the food plot. You put a spy point over your food plot. I ride the Rogue Ridge and I use Scent Crusher every day. Like this is stuff we actually use. Like we're not bullshitting you. We can. We can bullshit you guys if you want, but we, we're not. I mean, we're probably pretty good bullshitters, but we ain't bullshitting you. We ain't. Sorry. <laughs> Just trust us. <laughs> and then all this leads into old barn taxidermy, and you know what that is. Um, 
you know, it's taxidermists. Great, great Just people. There. Based out of Fort Madison, Iowa. Check them out. Um, Novix Tree Stands, code working class 21. I think that saves you 15% on stands and sticks only. Doesn't include soft goods. Uh, we might have said that it does on the past episode, but I was mm. wrong. Uh, sorry about that. Um, Our bad. Made in America. Wasabi. There's some other cast stands that are not made in America, and you see issues with them online. Great stands. So, Novix, tree stands, made in America, working class 21. Save yourself some money. Love them. Uh, Loophole Optics, I've been rocking 12 by 50 BX4s. Sheesh. That's what I've been. I've been doing the 10 by 42s all day. I, I, I've been getting questions like, which model should you get? I would say for whitetail hunters, 10 by 42. But Yeah, and I, BX4, BX5, um, re- anything really is good. Yeah. Um, so, check those out. I think you'll like them. Man, really... It's hard to think back when we were little hunting without binos or just really trashy ones. I can't believe I ever did it. You know how many deer? Like, I probably missed without a bino. Well, I bet binos. you I see, how dare I say, 50% more deer. Mm. I mean, kind of. I hunted an area this morning that I could see a long way. Okay. And there's some deer that I would not have seen if it wasn't for my loopholes. Yeah. So. It's pretty nuts. Plus, if you do 3D archery, it sucks to go without binos. Yeah, don't be that Because you can't see rings, and you can't talk shit to don't your Don't be buddies. that guy asking to borrow someone else's binos. Come on. Yeah, come on. They're on a harness. Yeah. That make me feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> all up in my grill. <laughs> all up in my shit, bro. Uh, also, HHA Sports. Sports. Code WCB15. Single pin sides. Victory arrows. Uh, rocking rip TKOs. Vap yep. SSs. And Eric's rocking. Extortion. Extortions. I can never remember that. He's always he's the he's the wild card. <laughs> Eric is a wild card. Um, this is a new partnership we announced last episode. Camo Fire. Um, if you don't know what Camo Fire is, it's a website you go to. We have a link in the uh, episode description. It's just daily deals. Like it's and there's a time limit on. It. It's hard to explain unless you've been to it. And what actually I re- pretty wild. What I realized a lot of people didn't know about Camo Fire because I was getting uh, private messages on Instagram saying, "Dude, you're giving away all the secrets. Like this is where I get oh. all my shit." <laughs> Um, like right now they have, there's tree stands, 52% off there's sticks in there, 50% off there's ground blinds, 35% off and, and it times out. So I mean, 84 bucks for a ground blind right there. Yeah. There's, um, like they had different types of watches on here now reloading new deals in 16 eight, minutes, eight minutes, eight minutes. Oh, I read that wrong. So, I mean, it's a full page of deals like that's, um, different platforms uh there's some saddle stuff in here there's bowhooks in here bad. i know i like that actually 26 percent off doug uh gear hooks bow hooks all that good stuff um i use my uh cousin's deer cart and uh i don't know i gotta figure out what it was but the thing was freaking amazing i want to get the trailer for my uh my e-bike Oh, for sure. That'd be amazing. But anyway, that's a cool, um, cool new partnership. I think it fits very well with our community. It's a fun website to go to. Don't let your wife know about it. Uh, Ooh, or that's vice a big versa. One. Yeah, clear your browser history. Yeah. You already do, but <laughs> yeah, you probably already do, you scumbag. <laughs> if you're like me, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Who's watching your browser time. history? <laughs> Myself, I just feel bad. <laughs> Camelfire.com, delete your browser history. <laughs> They're going to love that. Okay. Sorry, guys. Uh, They're like, wow, this whole partnership thing is not working out. (laughs) Um, Man, and Isotune. So Isotune Sport, uh, that's one I utilize. Actually, I utilize it outside. I don't use a lot, utilize it personally for hunting a lot, but like um, for it's hearing protection, right? A lot of working class guys and gals can use that. You can use it at work. Um, 
I used it for like mowing, weed eating. I can still listen to podcasts and music perfectly, but it also protects your hearing too, and you can listen to music. Yeah, I have the small ones, mm-hmm. and uh, I use it for mowing, but I use it in the office literally all the time. It's like my new headphones, and they work real nice. Do they, nobody says anything to you? Can't hear them if they do. <laughs> right? Well, that's how, you know. That's what I wanted to plug was like, you know, guys can wear them at work. Yeah. And uh, here, I'm getting the yeah, models. no one says anything. So if you go to um, the episode description on all this stuff that we talk about, guys, the code's in there, or workingclassbowhunter.com, and all the, all the codes that we talk about for all these companies are there. And code for Isotunes is WCB10. Um, I wear the Isotune Sport Defy. And, Doug, you're talking about the Sport Advance. Yep. Um, the Defy is like the traditional over-the-ear yeah. muff. And then... Um, it would look weird if you wore those in the office. That would look a little weird. But uh, people would know it's I up. would still wear them, but... Oh, I love them. I really do. Um, but Doug wears the, the Sport Advance, so... Yeah, they fit in your ear really nicely. And, and they're the same price. Yeah, they're perfect. Um, and they have a new one coming, Sport Defy Slim, Ooh. which is the over-ear style, but not as bulky. So, I mean, gotta love that. And, oh, Defy Ooh, Slim one. Basic. That's a new one coming soon. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, but I'm cool. I like the Defy. I think it's a uh, leave me alone. I got them on. I'm protecting my hair and listening yeah. to some tunes through my eyes. So yeah, trying to get shit done. Code WCB10, um, and the link is in the episode description. And the battery lasts a long time. Yeah, they actually like I got like three, four mows on yeah. mine, which I have a big yard. So do mm-hmm. that math. Um, yeah, there we go. Sorry for the lengthy ad read. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode and lots of lots of content on the way. Oh boy. CC Hunt Files, Working Class on DeerCast, and we have a ton of Working Class Bowhunter Kill episodes on the way. God bless it. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, guys. This Veteran Shout is brought to you by Operation HHA USA. Go to hhausa.org. Their mission is to show appreciation and create a sense of community for veterans and active military through archery and the outdoors. Let's see. And uh, this one's submitted by Daniel Porter, and the veteran is Chad Madman Hepner. Is he a fighter? <laughs> Apparently, he's a madman. He's uh, in the United States Air Force. Says here, uh, Chad was an aircraft maintainer in the United States Air Force. Nothing says working class and dirty jobs more than being a tank rat, a.k.a. the guy who crawls in and works on fuel tanks all day. Ooh. Towards the end of his career, Chad worked as a first sergeant where he did what he does best, make people smile and take care of people. Chad crushes animals, bears, caribou, big deer, you name it. He and his family all shoot their bows together. His wife stomps him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And he raises his kids in the outdoors. Chad's a super great dude who's always full of energy, excitement, and who loves just to have a good time. We just think we just thank him for being him and his service to the country. Rock on, Madman. Says he's been hunting for thirty plus years, so Damn. he's been in it. Thanks, Madman. Appreciate your yeah, service, thanks, brother. Thanks for your service, Madman. Thanks for sending that, Daniel. Thanks, buddy. Man, that's a interesting job. Get yeah. inside fuel tanks. Get in there, boy. Man. Tank rat. It's a dude with some grit. He's just like, yeah, I just get him. Had to be a madman, right? I wonder how he got that name. I don't want to know. Oh. Maybe I'll ask him later. Message him. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. We should know that. I can't say that like on air. <laughs> how he got the name. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you don't want to know. <laughs> oh, thanks for your service, man. Yeah, All right. thank you. On to the episode. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, 
I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. Episode to be determined. Austin, what's up? What's up, dude? Just you and I, man. Yeah, the the two amigos getting it done here. The boys from Illinois. We're the uh, Illinois on fire right now. But breaking news, the time of this recording, somebody else just shot one. It uh, just happened about, what, probably a half hour ago. Yeah, within the hour for sure. It's big. A big, big boy. Big, clean eight. Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that, but we won't spoil that surprise yet. I don't know when this episode will air, and the reason why it's just us is because things are crazy. It's the rut. People are hunting. We're all over the place. So it's like, man, if you can get up here, let's do a podcast about your buck. And so this one's probably going to be less bullshit, more straight to the point. Yep, getting right to the meat and taters. Because we got to get back hunting. That's right. That's pretty much that's <laughs> what we're doing. That's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> so what's up, man? Me and you, just Team Illinois, just, you know, killing big bucks, man. It, it feels good to get that monkey off your back. That that first week in November has always been good to me. Yeah. Specifically, like the second through the seventh. Mm-hmm. I've, always, I've always really liked that window. And... uh my farm was kind of slow this year. I did have, there's a really big deer on it that I was hunting. Yeah. And that was, I was just kind of trying to chill, stay back. We got that nice weather in October. I hunted the farm a little bit in October mm-hmm. and uh, was getting pictures of this deer about once every 10 to 15 days, this this big deer. Yeah, the big, the what, you got a name for him yet? I don't, I'm just going to call him Leah's Buck. So, oh, I like that. Is it the one she was on last year? She missed this deer last year. That's confirmed the one, huh? I am 95% sure it's him. His brows match up, and he's the only deer I know of that could be that caliber of deer. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going in to hunt that deer. Um, he. Good thing she missed him, right? Right. He gave me something <laughs> to look forward to. I When she missed him, I looked at her. I said, well, honestly, like, give me something to look forward to for next year. <laughs> sorry, honey. Not sorry, though. She wasn't heartbroken either. Like, she's like, it was with a crossbow. And she just doesn't shoot her bow a lot. She's like, it was with the crossbow. My heart's just not in it. She's like, I just don't want to go anymore after she missed him. I'm like, mm. well, that's fine. We'll let him. We'll leave him alone. Yeah. Uh, tried to pick up his sheds this spring, but just couldn't find him. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways start getting this big deer hitting my cameras and it was the morning of november 3rd uh i had a lot of activity on cameras and i'm sitting in the tree stand about 200 yards away from this camera i've got on a ridge line that's on a scrape Mm -hmm. and this deer has historically been in that area he i picked up sheds on that ridge and i've got pictures of him there i knew that he kind of frequented that Mm -hmm. and he blows it up so i get a picture of this big deer i'm 200 yards away from him so while like, you're hunting, while I'm hunting. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, that next morning I'm going to go into that spot. Cause that's that night he hit that camera again. And then he hit my clover plot camera again. So this deer, I had got like one picture of him every 10 days. And then I get three pictures of him in one day. He's making the runs. Yeah. So that's like, I always say strike when the iron's hot, that's about as hot as it gets. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's in there. Yeah. So I roll in. It's a great feeling being on a farm 
on a piece of property and knowing that there is a big deer there somewhere. It's, it makes it makes the sit way more fun. Yeah, you can do an all-day sit when you know there's a big boy in there. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I rolled in. I've got a nice deep draw that I can walk up right into the heart of this 160-acre farm. It's the pasture farm that I always talk about. Mm-hmm. And I get up. I, I bring my saddle and my platform in. I get up in the tree. I'm about people's heads are spinning right now. Yeah, I, I tend to. Hey, Chiboy, Chiboy kind of came out of the closet a little bit. I've been hunting out of one. <laughs> Shout out the trophy line, dude. Uh, people can make fun of me all they want. When I get into like super silent, quiet kill mode, that thing's about as quiet as you can get. I'll tell you when it's crazy, crazy windy, like it's been the last couple of days. The saddle's more comfortable to be in than a stand because you it's don't feel secure. like you're gonna die. Yeah, it's secure. You're you're attached like tension on you the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's uh we'll talk about that. Ch- boy over here has been playing with the saddle. You'll convert. I have a love hate with it, to be honest. Anybody that's a big buck connoisseur needs to be well rounded and all kinds of mobile hunting. Another tool in the bag, man. Another that's tool what, in the bag. That's what I'm saying. I'm only gay half the time, you know. <laughs> You know I'll leave that alone. <laughs> You're not going to tread in that water with me? <laughs> I'll leave that one. <laughs> You're not going to tread in the gay water with me? We got to talk about, we got to keep in mind Casey's listening to this, all right? Yeah, she's our token gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. I, I've been sending Snapchats to Team WCB every time I'm in my trophy line saddle set up, and I'm like, it's just me doing just obscure shit. It's <laughs> just being gay. Just being gay. No pun intended there. I don't know what that means even. But I, I'm kidding, right? Like, I don't actually think that because I'm doing it. It's just... I can't saddle hunt after giving it grief, but like people just took our jokes like it was for real. Yeah. That's not true. It just, we got the reaction on it. So then we took the joke and just buried it deeper as well, it went around. And that, and it's just easy to make fun of people in a saddle. That's super so. easy. You feel like a dork, but that's fine. People but it's can effective, keep making right? fun of me. I'm going to keep killing deer out of it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll end up killing a deer out of it. Yep. You know, I'm, I, Dude, Novix and that trophy line. That's that's the game. That's what I'm saying. That's a nice setup. Yeah. It's a great setup. But anyway, you, you were in a saddle. So I'm up in the saddle. I hadn't been up there long and probably an hour maybe. And I knew my chances were pretty good at seeing this big deer. Well... This is a morning hunt. It is a morning hunt. Yeah. We're, are we going too fast through this? I feel like we're skipping details. We don't need to skip details. Yeah. I, I'm following your lead. We... I, I roll in up this deep ravine and I cross over this ridge. I go right by my camera. I can see I'm 20 yards off the scrape. I'm right where this big buck was at the prior morning before. Mm-hmm. So I get your all, big, big buck, the one that you're talking yep, about. Yeah. Yep. yep. <clears throat> so I'm up in there. Yeah, don't make me feel like I'm rushing. I'm no, just like, nope. I could, uh, I could hear grunting and some chasing going on mm-hmm. and I can see the doe coming and she's, she comes all the way up to me. And she's probably 15 yards from me and she's starting to get kind of downwind of me, but I'm thinking, well, the thermals are going to carry me up. I should go over. I should be Mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. Well, she starts kind of getting me and getting sketchy before I even see this, this deer. Mm -hmm. And then I can hear him grunting. I hear more chasing. So there's another doe with him. Mm -hmm. So when the doe behind me kind of gets my wind, she freaks out and kind of runs back to him while he's too busy chasing. He didn't even know anything was going on. Mm -hmm. And which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And this deer comes out. I start looking at him. He's about 30, 40 yards away. And I can tell it's not the big one. It's not the deer that I'm hunting, but I immediately recognize this deer. Um, I had actually had pictures of him on the farm that I farm just on the North side of it. I actually run some of my whitetail clients on that farm. Mm-hmm. I had pictures of him in October 
And how far is that roughly? It's the the furthest picture away was probably close to a mile from where I was. Oh, at. really? Okay. Yep. I had pictures of him on both sides of that farm, but uh, just a real nice heavy mass deer, kind of short on his twos. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really good deer. Yeah. And I figured he was fifties looking at him in the pictures. Um, <clears throat> so he's bumping this doe around and I'm trying to make the decision like, well, do I, and he's you know, 30, 40 yards right now. Yep. So I'm watching him like, man, do, do I shoot this deer? You know, I know he's nice, but I've got that great big deer in the area. I don't want to screw it up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm just going to pass him. So I'm swinging around watching him. He runs a doe by me at about 25 yards and then he kind of steps up on the road. I've got, got actually got tacticam footage of all this, but he uh, he goes to kind of chase this doe down in the draw, and he stops. And I'm like, I'm Snapchatting him, right? I'm sending everybody <laughs> yeah. the Snapchat of this big deer that I'm passing. Pulling a Doug. I'm, and as I'm looking at him through the phone, I'm like, I I shouldn't be passing this deer. Like this is a good deer. <laughs> so I put my phone away and I get I pulled the loopholes up and I look at him and he's giving me the full walking away. The oh shit. The, he's big big frame like twenty three inch beams. He's carrying five inch mass measurements out. Yeah. He's a, he's a full ten point strong fours. Pretty good threes. A little weak on the twos. Tough big, buck to pass. Big split brows like mm-hmm. double split brows. Yeah. Like I'm double like, those and both brows have matching splits. Yep. He's a very, very symmetrical deer. And as he's walking away, I'm like, ah, I, I can't pass that deer. <laughs> so <laughs> it'd be hard for about anybody to pass that deer. The doe made my mind up for me. She spun, come back out and around and was standing 15 yards from me. And the buck, you can see in the video, he actually comes up and kind of smells my scent trail where I'd walked across the road. Mm-hmm. He just, he wasn't alert. He just kind of like had his nose down smelling it. Right. Give me time to get ready for the shot, get clipped on the... I was, I was trying to, I'm like, if he comes down at 35, I was kind of rolling back and forth. And then I saw that the doe came close enough. So I set the HHA back on 20. I'm like, he's going to be close enough. I can do a little Kentucky windage if I have to. For sure. So he, uh, he stood there for a while and then he turned broadside and he just stood there in the open broadside at 20. I'm like this, I mean, that's, there's your sign, you know, it's like, all right, buddy. Uh, Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, Thank you. if he's going to stand there, I'm going to try him. Yeah. So I pulled back and looked through the peep and buried that pin where it needed to be. And he's still standing there. The doe's on alert. I just took my time on him and just cranked him right where I wanted to. Really? Pinwheeled him. Oh, I just smoked him. I, I Is there a better feeling? Oh, you can hear the thump. I mean, he didn't even, he didn't even mule kick. He almost came up off all fours at the same time. He jumped like straight up in the air. I like that better, man. Cause you know, it just whipped. Through yeah. Him. It smoked him. And he, he ran about 30 yards up and just stood there and I got the tacticam down low and you could see him after it was 24 seconds from the time I shot to the time he fell over. That's impressive. He, he didn't last long. That's ethical. That's what you want. That's like ideal. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen a deer die faster than that one. That's awesome, dude. Yep. So smoke him he does he kind of jumps because he's had an arrow whip through his body runs over did he did he do the whole the stagger step yeah like kind of twitched his tail a little bit and looked around and then kind of tripped and then over on his side he went so right now what what, what like what's your reaction of course you're stoked like you chose to shoot the deer but like just kind of run through that a little yeah, bit. yeah i was pumped i uh you know it was november 4th 
I've killed several big deer on November 4th. It's just... Yeah, that's like yeah, one of your days? I, November 4th is a good one. Yeah. yeah. November 4th, 5th, 7th. I've killed multiple big deer on those days. We did a Jury Outdoors podcast with you. When this launches, it may be out. It'll probably already have had launched. Yeah. And I was editing and going back through that today, and you basically called your shot. I don't know if you realized well, that. Well, I don't. It's not really calling my shot. It's just those are my days. Like every year, if I'm going to kill a deer in the rut, those tend to be the days that I have a lot of my success. Okay. What you you, uh, you practice what you preach. That's exactly. What, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I couldn't stand it. I was up in the saddle for maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes, mm -hmm. probably not even that. I'm like, all right, I can't take it. I got to get down and look at him. So I walked over, I did a little walk-up video and knelt down and yeah. just kind of took the moment in and yeah. appreciated the deer. And he, he was good. He was exactly what I thought he was. I thought seeing him on the ground, he's probably, he he probably upper 50s is what I was guessing him at. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, all right. So I know that big deer is still in the area. I like, hadn't disturbed it. The does hadn't blew out me. They just kind of run off. Yeah, they're probably like, geez, thanks. Yep. Honestly. Yep. I relieved him a little bit. There's just one little buck kind of pestering one of them. He was actually still in the area. I got back up in my saddle and he was still running this doe around me. Yeah. And I'd been up there about 30 minutes and I heard a grunt and it didn't sound like that little one. I'm like, uh oh. And I spun around. And I Daddy's could, about to tag out. I could see the big boy coming. You could see him. I could see him. I could, I could see rack and I couldn't tell it was him. And he got in between a couple trees and he's still coming to me. How far? 80, 90 yards. Oh, shit, in the and wheelhouse. I pulled my binoculars up, and I could see a drop tine and a kicker. So I'm like, that's my guy. That's <laughs> my boy. That's my guy right there. He's coming. I'm going to double. I'm going to oh be done on gosh. November 4th. How easy is this? Not even done with harvest at this point. Yeah. So he, there's one spot where he could catch my wind, and he's coming into it. I'm like, well, the doe got me close, but that's just because she was close. Like, my thermals are going right. to be going over this deer. And he got about 80 yards from me, and I saw a flash of his ass. And about 15 seconds later, he was, he went straight away from me down in the bottom and he just started blowing at me <sighs> 10 or 15 big, long FUs, which is weird for a big buck. You don't typically see that. Yeah. I, I honestly can't remember a big deer ever nailing me that hard. He just, uh, he's kind of dude, some big bucks. You and I talked about this about a deer I was hunting They're Um, they don't relax. Like, yeah, but like they're different, right? They're always on edge. They're always on edge, but like there's certain deer, like the one of the deer that I'm, I'm on is like, I watch him and I feel like he thinks critically, like he thinks through situations when normally big bucks shouldn't, when he's yeah. like ruddy. And a lot of times they'll let the doe do the thinking for him that they'll send the doe on up front and she'll kind of be the eyes Yeah, when they're by themselves, then they got to do the thinking. Yeah. So man, that's, that sucks. So your heart, you're, you're happy and sad all of a sudden. I'm like, well... I guess I'm glad I shot the first one. I honestly think when that deer was grunting, coming in behind me, I think he was either with that group when I shot that deer or he was coming by and he smelled that buck that I had shot and he started mm. grunting when he smelled that buck. So you got down and looked at your buck, got back up, and then he came in. And then he came in, yep, about, wow. 30, about 30 minutes later. No so kidding. I made the right call. I was in the right spot. It was just, it was a low percentage that he was going to come in downwind of me. I mean, honestly, it was probably a... 20, 30% shot that he was going to come in downwind of me. And he just happened to be on that one ridge versus the main road that he was on the day before. Yeah. And he was coming that way. Like I would have got a picture of him if I wouldn't have been there. Right. But, right. So I played my cards right. I just, he just caught me. So, so he beat you, me that day. Do you think, 
you will see that deer again from that heart of a bust? I hope so. I, I've been waiting. He just got your wind. He didn't see you. He did. He didn't see me, but he, he got my wind pretty hard and it was right in his bedroom. So yeah, so that might be, I'm, I'm waiting. I haven't got a picture of him yet, but I'm still, I'm hunting the fringes. I've got multiple cameras going. I'm just waiting for him to to to, um, keep that updated because that's a, a frequent question we get through Instagram is like, Hey, I had a deer bust me. Will I see him again? It's well, it's like, well, I, I don't know. Yeah. But this deer likes that farm. Uh, I've seen him more on that farm earlier this year than I ever have. Mm-hmm. I picked his sheds up there the last three years. Uh, he was all over that big time plot that I had last year. And I think this year he'll probably do the same if I'm just patient enough to wait him out. So I think he's a late season game, but he could be. Yeah. If he doesn't show up here in the next couple of weeks, it'll probably be a December deer. Cause it was late last year when Leah missed him, right? It was late December. Late yeah. December. Yeah. Yep. So he was he, on a food plot, right? I didn't get a picture of that deer until November 13th or 14th last year. So he oh, was, really? he was almost a month early on my farm this year. So mm. I'm optimistic. I think he's kind of ruling the roost. He's claimed his throne. It's probably that's his farm. So I'm just hoping he comes back in and You'll see him again, I think. Yeah, um, that's what I'm hoping for. He's a caliber deer. Like, I'll be patient. I'll wait on him. I've yeah. only got one tag left. Definitely, so, yeah, definitely. So let's talk about the buck you shot, um, going back to him, giving him his glory. Yeah. So you get back to him. You get down. So after he busted you, did you just get down after that? That I did. I gave it about 10 minutes, just 15 minutes, just to make sure he wasn't going to do anything stupid and just get back on a doe and run by me. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get right, down. Yeah. I'm going to get out. Uh, Wade, our buddy Wade was Mm -hmm. hunting the public ground next to us and, uh, called him up. He's like, hell yeah, man, I'll come. We'll, we'll do recovery, take some pictures. So my, you typically, I take a side-by-side, a four-wheeler back in. Well, (laughs) the four-wheeler wouldn't start. So we hopped on my little Suzuki X90 and that thing just all of a sudden got really popular on social media. Everybody likes that. (laughs) (laughs) We ought to paint it some wild color. Let me, let me describe it now. It's just straight black right now, but it looked look real good with like a big working class logo. Ooh, but the it's, door. It's a 1996. It's got like some Saved by the Bell graphic shit on the interior. <laughs> it's uh, it's four-wheel drive, like true four-wheel drive, transfer case and everything. Fuck yeah. T-tops. I it's mean, a side-by-side, but cooler. Yeah, it's it weighs about the same as my dad's side-by-side. It's crazy. We ought to do something cool with it with some big working class decals. I think we should. Why not? Turn it into the Buckmobile. You got knobbies on it or what do you got? For I tires? need to get some ATV tires on it. I've just got like some, all, they're not all terrains. They're like a, they're not a street tire, but they're not an all terrain. What, uh, what size rims have? They are 15s. Oh yeah. Did you get like a side-by-side tire? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You so we'll put some knobbies on that. They actually look pretty mean with some knobbies on them. They're Dude, I got, cool. I got some tires for my side-by-side for my Ranger. They're cheap. So I, I had a couple of side-by-side guys. They're like, Dude, those tires suck, but I've loved them. They're like, uh. They're uh, 400 bucks for a set. Nice. And they're super aggressive. And I've, I've had them for three years and love them. They dig, dude. That's what I need. Yeah, they dig. You we, won't get stuck. We could take the T-tops off and roll back in there and pick deer up with it. Dude, it'd be the turkey mobile too. That's the, This is the rig. I said we should wrap the whole thing in like a turkey feather wrap. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> <laughs> or, or you just make the whole thing look like a round uh, hay bale. Yeah, I just hunt out of it, right, pop right out of the T-tops. You have to notch out the door with a Sawzall so you can get your bottom limb out of it. Whammy, whammy. <laughs> Probably super illegal. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the game warden like that we, one. We better not do that. Um, it's funny to talk about. So you get, it's, it's called the X90? It's a Suzuki X90. They only made them for three years, and they suck. They're probably so, worth the money, they, right? Yeah, they suck so bad, nobody bought them that they just quit making them. So. <laughs> it's like we're taking an L on this one, boys. Yep. So, That's man, awesome. I'm going to get made fun of a lot. I'm wearing a saddle and driving around a Suzuki X90. People are just going to quit following me. It's all right, dude. 
It's all right. <laughs> hey, listen, you're the one killing the big deer. Well, I am doing. You know, that. the only guys that are going to make fun of you, the must be nice guys. Right. That is true. Oh, I don't have the soundboard turned on. <laughs> must be nice. <laughs> that's our stupid. Well, that's that's the trendy sound for us lately. I got to update this thing. <laughs> Nice. But anyway, um, okay, so let's talk about this buck again. You get him out in the X90. He's tagged and bagged in the trunk of the 90. We roll <laughs> out. Wade takes some pictures of him, and we get him back. We're in this bow hunting league competition, so I was interested to see what he was going to score. Yeah. And I, Wade We did and I a were, podcast with bow hunting league a while back. You yep. guys want to listen to that. Wade and I were sitting there eating lunch. I'm like, he's going to go 158, and if we're lucky, he'll go 162. Mm-hmm. And when I put the tape on him, I come up with 163. Mm -hmm. I was a little stingy on a couple of the tine lengths. I wasn't quite sure on the brow tines. I brought him up and let you put a tape on him, and you come up with 164 and 7 eighths. Yeah, I'm an official measurer for the record, if anybody's wondering. Yep. Not that I'm the know-all. I'm not claiming that. I, Bucky, our buddy Bucky, we did a measuring deer podcast. Uh, he's the guy to know it all. So if yep. I have a question, I call him. Yep. But um, this buck is simple. He's a 10 with split brows. Yeah, he's very basic. Just nothing that's really huge on him. Just everything's really good. He's, he's, he's evenly dispersed everywhere. He he had less than two inches of deductions uh, plus the brow tines, but side to side, like mass and tine length and, and beams and everything, less than two inches of deductions. Yeah. But I think he's actually going to be my highest netting deer. Yeah, well, I can see that. He's, he's, he's beautiful. I, I just don't have a lot of big typicals. I have a lot of non-typicals, but this deer is going to net out really nice, probably in the mid-50s. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. High 50s, probably. I think my highest netting typical, like true dry-down net typical score is 154 and 7 eighths. That's big. Dude, net scores are tough. They're tough. I mean, I don't shoot a lot of big, symmetrical, typical deer. They just so. don't come around. You just don't see them. Yep, I don't see them, but... Um, so that deer had like 23 inch beams, yeah, 19 inch spread, uh, over five at the bases and carry, I think his smallest measurement was like four and a half. I yeah. mean, just carried real nice mass all the way up. It's a beautiful buck. Didn't have a tine that was nine inches and still went almost 165. So that's, cool, that's man. a stud. <laughs> it's the, but when, you know, what's cool about it, like my buck, I had like, do you, do you have a block on your own deer? Cause I always say I have a block when I shoot them, like. I sent a picture of my buck. And I'm like, what do you think? That buck's well over. Like, you're like, well, it's over 160. I'm like, I don't know, maybe. You always try to be conservative on your own deer because you don't want to be that guy saying he's a 170 and he's 161. Yeah, it's just like Devin talking about the scores on his muley. Like he yep. doesn't want to say the score because it could be a couple inches off. There's yep. so much shit going on, you know. And I was trying to be honest on that deer. Like he's deceiving, even in pictures. Like I had, I did a podcast with uh, Anthony Heller from Deer Vane. Yeah. And he said, so what's that, like an upper 40s buck? I'm like, well, he, he kind of looks like that in some of the pictures, but he he surprises you when you put the tape on. What it. did it for me, so you come over, I'm like, let me measure this buck. Uh, you, were very, you weren't doing your baselines correctly. Were the t and that base, so... I get a little stingy on time length. Yeah. You were being a little too hard on the buck on time length. So the baselines, there's a certain way you can, a cable is the right way to, to mark out your baseline. So you basically wrap it on each side of the tine. There's a way to do it. Um, it's it, it's almost as if you were to like take a laser and slice off the tines off the main beam. Yep. That's where you measure your tine length from. You were not getting down to the base, like what would be the true yep. baseline. I was shining him about an eighth or two on every tine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's and, why and the brow tines, the non-typicals, I think I shied him almost three quarters of an inch. You weren't on taking your splits further enough down. Like yep. you weren't slicing them like yep. off the, the brow time like you should. And have. that's, I, that's typical me, right? Mm -hmm. So most of the deer that I score myself, I bring them 
to somebody else and have them score them. And so, I'm usually an inch or two. Yeah, you're an inch or two side, short. Which I'd rather be that way, you know. Yeah. I'd rather not be pumping them up more than what they are. So. Yeah, but that's what he is, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I measured the deer, and I'm like, dude, this buck's... Like, and I knew it, too, as I was measuring, because we were comparing, you know, so I'm like, you were too hard on this deer. Yeah. Like, it's... This is how you do it. I was showing you how you do the baselines and mark it from the tine up. Yep. And a lot of times, you know, like when I officially measure deer, and even in this case, like, you know, I'll put masking tape and then take my cable and run a pen line or a pencil line on the tape. And then you run your cable from that tape line up. And that makes it so you can always revert back to that line. Yep. Um, but yeah, for boning league, that puts your buck 164 and what was he? One. So he is right at an inch less than yours. He was 164 and seven eighths and yours was 165 and seven eighths. 166 and six eighths. 166 and six eights. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. I was off. I thought so he was right at an inch. Off. My buck is very deceiving because he's a 158 inch with no extras. So he went, I think he went 158 or 159 with no extras. Yep. Like no, you know, his junk on his left base. And then he's got nine inches roughly. Yeah. Of, he's got a lot of cool shit going on at that base. We're looking at the deer right now. Yeah. And just a sweet looking deer and really cool color, nice dark rack. Yeah, both of our bucks were dark racks. So we took that picture of them side by side. Um, my buck's skull cap and yours is caped yep. in the back of your truck on your L tank. Yeah. Beautiful picture. <laughs> and uh, I posted that just because I wanted to show, like, you know, I. I don't see 160s on my buck when I look at it. Wait, I do now. Like, I look at him like, oh, yeah, that's for sure. He's all tines. He's all tines. That's yep. where he, tine length. He's got three tines over 11 inches. But when you set them next to each other, you see one, mid-160s in different forms. Yeah, they're two, they're two deer that score almost the same within a couple inches of each other, and they're just built different. Like, yeah. Mine's, my, mine's tines. Yours is everything. Mine's, yeah, and the mass on mine isn't incredible, but he has nice beams, nice spread, good frame. He has really strong fours. My deer had really strong fours. And, yeah. And good threes, just like I said, if he'd have had some twos in the back, he'd have been he'd have been looking at one seventy as a oh yeah as a big ten yeah yep. for sure. He, but, beautiful buck, man. It, yep. it's, you did it, man. Well, it was fun, and I just when I was up there and I was watching the deer, I'm like, you know, why am I doing this? Like, I'm passing this deer, this solid deer that's probably close to one sixty. <laughs> like, I'm gonna have some fun, you know. Yeah, that other deer's in the area, but I'm gonna pop this one and then well, I'll catch the up with you that know, other he's one. He's a mature buck. He's a mid sixties buck. That's crazy. Yep. You know, to think about passing. So you could you didn't do much wrong. Yeah, I mean, you didn't do nothing wrong. Nope. You did it right, man. I think that's a killer buck to be proud of. Anybody, a lot of guys kill for a buck like that. My buck is my highest scoring buck. Yeah, he's and, a slammer, dude. And I'm just I'm we're, tickled. We're on a roll. I'm I'm elated with him. I mean, yeah. that's that's a great way to start the season. And now we just got to hold out for that giant. Two mid sixties bucks. You and I are both figuring out a bigger one. Um, someone um team working class or working class boner podcast, the main crew, uh killed one tonight. That's big. A real big one. A real big eight, like up there with big eights. Um, so it's looking good. Yeah. Might, might be the year of the 160s are better. Yep. Team working class is doing quite well for this time of year. Yeah. So we'll see. We need Ross to kill one for bow hunting league and see where we're at. I don't like to take that stuff serious, but it's like now that we got some bucks down, it's kind of fun. You yeah. Know, it's like, we're, we'll be competitive. Yeah. Competitive enough. It's like I don't really need more pressure because I put enough on myself, but that's kind of fun. Yeah. Right. right? It's, it seems harmless. I was worried like when we did that podcast with him, I think I even expressed like my concern. Like I see it becoming... Um, it, it has a, a possibility to become a negative thing. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? Like it could go down a wrong path, but it hasn't yet. Well, I think it's just cool to see everybody sharing the deer all across the country, you know, that they've harvested when they're in this contest, you know, everybody's yeah. going to submit their deer and you just get to see what's going on around the country. And as soon as people start becoming negative or like for real talking shit or judging people for other deer, they shoot. Those guys are great on that side. They, they don't are tolerate great. that shit. I know that's great. And, but, I, but, and that's good, right? They yeah. know that they're aware of that. I think as soon as that gets allowed, which I'm not saying it will, but if it does, that's the end of it. Yep. And they know that, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, they're good no, dudes over they've there. They've got a good thing going there. Yeah. A lot, lot of lot of money and prizes, and it's all, it's a free contest to get into. It's pretty yeah. cool. And a lot of um, a lot of people are meeting because of that place. So, so far, positive vibes. I like that, man. I, yep. And I think I brought that up, didn't I, during that podcast? We do so many podcasts, I forget like what I talk about. It's been a while ago. But I thought I brought that up as like a concern, and that they were, you know, they handled it. Yep. They're professionals. So, well, dude, I mean, this was a quick podcast, but... I'm proud of you. I knew you'd pull it off. It's kind of cool thinking about your boys. It's like, oh yeah, awesome. I'll get one. But well, you always hope so, but you never know. I mean, there's, there is a lot of luck that get, that's involved. It's and, a lot of luck. Um, well, especially I'll, now as we go on, we're holding out for different caliber deer every year. So right. like the, the opportunity becomes really less and less as oh, it goes on. It's tough to run into a solid sixties deer. Like you might get some pictures of them, but to have everything come into play and, and to get a nice shot on a sixties deer, like, it's not something you can do every season. So no, no. I was very grateful for that opportunity, and I let it go by once, but I didn't let it go by five minutes later. You woke up fast. <laughs> <laughs> the elite did work. You got the trad gear at home. It did, man. I, that was my moose setup, so I'm yeah. rocking them heavy arrows and that 70-pound <laughs> bow, and when it hit him, it sounded like a freaking cannon going Those off. Those victory arrows just walloped it him, It did, huh? dude. It whopped him. Those arrows are nasty, aren't they? Yeah. It, uh, that's a nice whitetail setup. I'm going to be yeah. leaving that the same for next year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going elk hunting. So I'm going to do something different with my victories for next year. I'm going to do some heavier shit. These are VAP SSs with that 60 grain insert in the front. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're nasty. They're not the fastest. They got a little arch to them, but man, when they hit, Whoop-up. it's like a freight train. <laughs> You're up there all gay in your saddle, man. And kill the mid sixties, but I'll just keep being gay and keep killing them. <laughs> Dude, I hope the I'm best. not saying I'm not using a stand. I've been rocking that Novix a lot. That's a nice stand. He loves the shit. It's, it's small, which I like. Yeah. Like it's, I it's mean, a perfect size. Oh, it's awesome for I, me. I'm used to a saddle platform. So that thing's fucking awesome. Quick story on the Hilo. I hung it. I hung out. So the wind here has been insane. So I hung it for a crazy wind in like a low spot. Hang it up. Look up. There's like a dead branch above me. And I'm like, okay, that there's a widow maker. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull this stand, <laughs> pulled it, moved it back 30 yards and hung it. I bet you I did it in 15 minutes. There you go. Pull and rehang back up, ready to hunt. And yeah. that's backpack, hook, bow hook, pull rope, everything set. That's what you need. You know, when you need to make a move, yep. it's nice to be quiet and light and fast yep if you can be all those things practice with whatever setup you have be efficient at that it's you're going to be successful for sure yeah well thanks man and congratulations appreciate it dude let's get out of here quick episode for you hope you guys enjoyed it thank you for all the support and the comments and the shares and all the love lately um the growth has been amazing and we are thankful for your listenership and if you are on patreon thank you times 100 uh we have some exclusive stuff coming there um early launch episodes stuff like that we have three tiers in patreon so if you're a top tier subscriber on patreon um there's some goodies in the works i'm hoping sooner than later but you guys either going to be surprised or you will be surprised and you'll either be pumped or like yeah whatever depends on uh how long of a working class bow hunter follower you've been um there's some nostalgia coming your way so thank you so much you know what to do go shoot your bow we love you
A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.